Bishop Sister Varnum are ministering uh, down south uh, if they're not being rained out. And uh, they go towards the storm. That's what they do. And uh, I'm just, I, I pray that God will protect them and watch over them. And uh, I pray that today that God will touch each and every one of our hearts and our lives. And so uh, before you're seated, let's just pray and ask God to speak to us and to touch us, Lord. Lord Jesus, I pray, God, as I minister the word the next few moments, God, let there be a passion in me. God, take over this service. Oh, God, God, don't let them hear me. Let them hear you, God. Let it go beyond my lips. Let it go beyond what I can say. Oh, God, let the passion that rings from heaven come down in this place. God, touch us like only you can. Touch us, God, like only you can. Each and every heart, let us be prepared to receive your word and be touched by you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Why don't you give someone a high five as you're seated? You can be seated in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. It feels good to be back in the house of the Lord. And uh, I am thankful that we are able to worship God. We live in an incredible country. And in this country... We have the ability to lift our hands and to magnify the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You may not think that's much, uh, but I have traveled places uh, where they were in communism and they could not lift their voice and they could not say hallelujah. They could not talk about the things of God. Uh, my parents have been in places in uh in China and in uh, some of these areas where they would go into a little room and uh, they had to come one at a time. They couldn't show up at one time because uh, the police would meet them there. They had to scatter and come from different doors and everyone showed up at different times in this room. But there in that, that little room, the Holy Ghost would come down and the Spirit of God will begin to work and move. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for all the testimonies of overseas and the people that received the Holy Ghost but I've got to tell you I am happy that I live in America that I can praise God how I choose I am proud to be an American the land of the free the home of the brave the one nation that is under God but I must say here today that this great nation that I am blessed to be a part of has lost something. We have not necessarily lost our Declaration of Independence, it's wonderful, our Bill of Rights or our Constitution. But I believe America has lost its soul. Your soul is who you are. Your soul is what makes you what you are. And I believe America in some ways have lost what made America, America. Now, I know this is Dedication Sunday, and I probably should be sweet, but to be honest with you, God's not speaking to me real sweet. He's speaking to me real serious. And I believe it's time for the church to get serious about some things. It's time for the church to rise up and to be serious about some things. We don't hear words like Nathan Hale did as he was 
being hung by the British on September the 27th, 2nd, 1776, when he said, his only regret, I only regret that I have but one life to lose for my country. My only regret is that I cannot die over and over again for this wonderful country in a world that we're living in and it seems like it's a far cry from that any longer it's what can I do and uh, what can I what can happen for me who can give me the next thing our forefathers did not come to this land because of how easy it was they they did not come here because it would be a uh, something simple matter of fact when they tamed the West and whenever they crossed the oceans and the seas to get here it was not easy they did not come for the ease and the and, and the the simpleness of it all they came with a sacrifice they came with a mind Mindset that we are going to build something no matter the cost because they thought it was worth the sacrifice. Living a life of sacrifice is not something that we talk about a whole lot. Be honest with you, I live in a very nice house. I'm thankful for it. It's hard to put a message together in a house that I am living in and talking about sacrifice, just being honest with you. It's hard to come in here with nice air condition and beautiful singing and beautiful music. And here we are in, a, in this a lovely place and we're singing and worshiping God. It's hard to talk about sacrifice. Uh, but I'm here to tell you uh, I don't think we need to try to put ourselves down uh, but we do need to be willing uh, to pick up a cross uh, and follow Jesus uh, each and every day uh, and I'm here today uh, trying to sound a clear call we need to live a life of sacrifice as important as it is in our nation it is at the heart of the church today I want to push what it should be the very epicenter of the church of the living God. Very few churches even talk about sacrifice anymore. If they do, normally they're talking about an offering that they're trying to take. The only time the sacrifice comes up is when it seems like someone's trying to get a little something from you. <laughs> Very few churches today talk about sacrifice and even fewer actually do something about sacrifice. But see, it is the path of sacrifice that brings you to the glory of God. What I really want to get to today is us living in the glory of God. Us living in the power of the Holy Ghost, living by the, by, by the means that goes beyond ourselves, by, go, goes beyond what we can physically touch, uh, but living in the glory of God. And so my prayer here today is each and every one of us will begin to reach for the glory of God. And in saying that, we are willing to do whatever it takes to get to the glory of God. Whenever you go into the Old Testament, I, I realize, I hope you respond, but I do realize what I'm preaching today is hard to clap our hands about. And it's hard to say amen about. I understand. I hope that you will lean in with me today. But I do understand that what I'm talking about today is not comfortable. 
the tabernacle where the glory of God fell. There in the holiest of holies, behind the veil, set the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant is where the presence of God would come down. The priest would bring the, the, the incense back into the veil. And there it would begin to bring a sweet aroma as he began to walk throughout that veil. There were bells and pomegranates there at the bottom of his skirt that would cling and people could hear him moving behind the veil, knowing that the glory was there. And as he began to move in that place, what was known as the Shekinah glory of God would come down upon the ark. Here, out of the heavens, would come this anointing and power of God. They say, the Jewish history books say, it was like a welder's a, a, a beam, that bead that's shooting. You can't quite look at it. It would come down so strong uh, between the two angels uh, that were bolted there, made of gold uh, on that ark, uh, the glory of God. Uh, but it would happen uh, as the censer uh, would begin to go uh, throughout that holy of holies, uh, that incense. Uh, that would begin to be lifted up uh, unto God uh, but it did not start there uh, you had to take a step back uh, and when you took a step back uh, you were no longer in the holy of holies uh, where the glory was uh, but now you're in the holy place uh, there uh, there was the table of showbread uh, the altar of incense the golden candlesticks uh, there uh, the provision of God uh, where, where God gave them manna in the middle of the day uh, uh, and, and at the evening uh, they would have quail uh, but it represented uh, the provision of God uh, the candlesticks uh, the illumination the revelation of the things of God that incense of worship going unto God there that would burn there you would smell the power of God it was something about the atmosphere that was so amazing but it did not end there you had to take another step back now you're outside of the holy place now you're where the labor of water is where you are washed but it does not end there you have to take another step step back. Now you are at the altar of sacrifice. This is the place that they would bring their sin offerings. This is the place they would bring a sacrifice to God and they would take it and burn it on the altar. But here's the deal. What started at the altar of sacrifice, they would take that fire and bring it into the holy place to light the candlesticks. And from the candlesticks, they would get the altar of incense uh, that would help them get uh, into the holy place. Uh, what I'm telling you uh, is you can't get to the glory uh, without first uh, going to the altar of sacrifice. Uh, you're never going to get there if you're not first willing to pay the price. Oh, Jesus, help me right now. Uh, I want you to understand that God always makes the first move. That fire that burnt there, that fire that, that, that was the, the catalyst for everything else, they did not strike a match and start the fire. They prepared an altar. And the Bible says that fire fell from heaven and consumed the altar. Then God told them, I started the fire for you, but it's up to you to keep it 
burning. God always makes the first step. God here today is saying, come on, I love you. I care about you. I've come from heaven to earth to save you. But once that initial fire falls, he says it's up to you to keep this fire burning. We've got to realize I can't get to the glory. I can't get into the presence of God and feel the power of God if I'm not willing to come back here and lay some things off of my life and desires that I have and begin to give them to God. The Bible says we are to offer up the sacrifice of praise, even the fruit of our lips, giving thanks and praise to God. I'm here to tell you that praise is not praise until there's a sacrifice attached to it. The sacrifice of praise. It's a good question to ask ourselves. Is my praise costing me anything? Sometimes it's just everybody's doing it. It's kind of easy to, it's not really praise. It's just kind of what I do. Don't cost me anything. And we wonder why the fire don't fall, the power of God don't fall. We wonder why the glory of God. Let me tell you something. The fire always falls on the sacrifice. It pinpoints the sacrifice. You find it over and over in the Word of God. Wherever there was a sacrifice, the fire fell on the sacrifice. It didn't fall 10 feet to the right or to the left. It fell directly on the sacrifice. What that tells me is me and Brother Roland could be standing here and Brother Roland could be praising God with a sincere heart and just worshiping God. Get your hands up there. I'm about, this is the only time I'm going to be taller than you. He, he, he could be praising God with a sincere heart, a sincere desire, and I'm right by him, and he's in the glory, and I'm just here just kind of looking around, and I can't figure out why he's being touched, and I'm not, because the fire doesn't fall beside the sacrifice. It looks for somebody that says, listen, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I'm giving God everything I have. The fire always falls on the sacrifice. God made the first move. He made the first move even here today. He came from heaven to earth. He's made the first move. But he began to talk to his disciples about the church. Turn to to someone and say, that's us. That's us, the church. The church is not a building. The church is us. He's talking to them, the disciples, those that would carry on whenever he stopped. Matthew 16, verse 13. Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Who do men say that I am, he said. They begin to say, Some say thou art John the Baptist. They thought he came back from the dead. One of the ones that thought that the most was Herod, the one that killed John the Baptist. He thought John the Baptist came back to haunt him. Some think you're John the Baptist, some Elias, or 
others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets, they, they think that there's something special about you. But all they were doing was going back to what they previously read about, not a new thing that God was doing in their life. But then he looked at them and said unto them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter stands up with boldness as he always does. And he answers saying, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he began to charge his disciples saying, tell no man that I, that I am Jesus. I am the Christ. Uh, don't let people know what's going on. The time is not right yet. Uh, but he is declaring here uh, who he is uh, and what he is. Uh, and he's declaring uh, unto Peter uh, and the rest of the apostles. Uh, he's letting them know, uh, I am going to build my church uh, on this revelation. Uh, what revelation? Uh, that Jesus Christ uh, is the mighty God uh, in Christ. Uh, he's not just a prophet. He's not just another man. He is God robed in the flesh. He was not building his church on Peter. He was building his church on the revelation that Peter had. But he's talking about the church. And he's talking about the power of the church and the glory of the church. He's saying whatever you bind on earth is going to be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is going to be loosed in heaven. And let me pause for a moment and say you are the church and you've got the power to bind and to loose things that are pushing in your life. Don't act like you are weak. Don't act like you don't have it. You've got Jesus, and that's all you need. That's all the power in the universe is wrapped up in that name. Turn to someone and say power. Glory, say glory. There's power, and there's glory. He's talking about the church. He's talking about what you're going to bind and what you're going to loose. But he doesn't stop talking. He says, don't tell anybody right now that he was Jesus the Christ. Next verse. For that time, from this time forth, he began, Jesus, to show them to his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things. <laughs> of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes. And be killed. And be raised again on the third day. From this time forth. He said let me tell you about the power and the glory of the church. The revelation of who I am is going to give you the power to begin to be able to bind and loose in heaven and in earth. Yeah. 
But then he began to talk to them and say, I've got to suffer. In order for us to get to the place that you're excited about, in order for us to walk in the glory and for you to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost, he says, I first am going to have to suffer. I'm going to be killed. Peter, excited about the glory. Excited about, hey, you notice he didn't stop Jesus and say, hey, what's all this? I'm going to be used for the glory stuff. He didn't stop Jesus like, hey, 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 now, I'm here on earth. I can't do anything in heaven. What are you talking about? I can bind something on earth and be bound. Hey, hey, let's, don't, don't go so far. No, he was loving every bit of that. He was like, that's right. I'm going to bind things in the earth and bind them in heaven. You better believe it, dog. Check me out. He was excited about that. That wasn't something he was upset about. But as soon as he went from the glory and realized uh, before he got here, he had to start back here, he began to say, no, 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 no. And the Bible says that, that Peter took him, and he took him aside, it looks like. Peter took him. Come on, Jesus. Everybody's talking to me. What's up with that? It's about humility. Everyone can see what's going on up top. He takes Jesus aside. He's saying, Jesus, you, get, you better stop talking about this in front of all the disciples. People aren't going to follow you anymore. People ain't going to show up to church anymore if you start talking about sacrifice. You're going to lose your crowd. You're going to lose the passion. No one's going to want to be there if what you're talking about is sacrifice. He pulls, Peter pulls Jesus aside and begins to rebuke him. He didn't rebuke him about the glory. He didn't rebuke him about the power. He didn't rebuke, no, no. But when sacrifice is brought up, everybody just kind of clams up and says, hey, I'm all over the glory. I'm all over the excitement. But when you start talking about this sacrifice, Peter stands up and begins to rebuke Jesus, saying, be far from it, from thee, Lord. This shall not be unto thee. And Jesus is looking at him, and he's realizing, Peter, even though you do have some revelation, even though there are some things you do understand, you do know who I am, but you are missing the boat. If I don't go there, I can't get here. He looks at Peter as Peter's rebuking him, taking him to the side, trying to straighten him out, and he turns against him in verse 23, and he says to, unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan! This is the same man that a few verses before, he's saying, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against me. That's why I know it wasn't built on Peter, but on the revelation that Peter had here. But Peter still needed another revelation. He needed a revelation in order to get to the glory. You've got to go through the sacrifice in order to get the power. You can't separate the church and sacrifice. The 
crowds would love Jesus. The crowds would be there, literally eating out of his hands as he took the loaves and the fish and broke them. And with just a few loaves and a few fishes, he fed 5,000 men plus women and children. Oh, they love the power. They love the glory. Oh, preach an exciting message. Preach something about how I'm going to get a new car. Preach something about how, how nothing's ever going to affect me ever. Preach that message to me. But Jesus uh, would go ahead uh, and bless uh, and make a difference in people's lives. Uh, but the Bible says uh, while thousands were around him, uh, he began to talk about the suffering. Uh, he began to talk about the blood uh, that was going to be shed, uh, the body that's going to be broken. Uh, and everybody left him. Everybody left Jesus. And then he turns to his disciples and he says, will you also go? Jesus said, I'm not going to stop talking about this. Because if you don't get this, I'm never going to be able to get you over here. If you're not willing to go through the process, I can't get you the place that you want to be. Because there is a process to get to the power and the glory of God. You've got to be willing to sacrifice. Get thee behind me, Satan. Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me. When people try to stop you from going through the sacrifices in your life, that should be an offense to you. I know this is not an ordinary Sunday morning message. He continues talking to all of his disciples now. Jesus saith unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. <laughs> Take up his cross and follow me. If you're going to get to where I'm going, you're going to have to do some self-denying. And that is the world that we're living in. That as soon as you start talking about it, everyone clams up. Everyone just says, oh, don't talk to me like that. Who do you think you are to say anything? like You don't even know what I'm going through. I'm going to get to that in just a moment. You don't know what's going on in my life. I don't have to know what's going on in your life. I'm here to tell you the word of God is very plain. If we are not willing to deny ourselves and take up his cross and follow him, we are not going to be able to get where he wants us to go. Whosoever will save his life shall lose it. If you're busy trying to make sure everything's good just for you and it's all about me and mine and what I want and how I want it, he says if you, if you try to save your life, you're going to lose it. But whosoever will lose his life uh, for my sake important for my sake uh, shall find it uh, if you're willing uh, to go to the cross uh, if you're willing uh, to be nailed there uh, because then he goes on and saying uh, if you're not willing to live a sacrifice uh, you're going to live a life uh, trying to gain everything uh, in this world uh, and so he ends it by saying this uh, what shall a man profit uh, if he should gain the whole world uh, and lose his own soul and what shall a man give in exchange for his soul. He's speaking of it as if somebody is not 
willing to deny themselves and take up a cross and follow him, you're going to reach the end and you've gathered everything in this life. You've got the car you want, the house you want, the family you want, the career you want. But at the end of the day, he's saying if you're not willing to lose it all and take up your cross, you cannot be his disciple. It is not a demand. It's an if. If is up to you. If is based on your decisions. If you're going to follow him, you're going to have to take up a cross. You're going to have to be willing to go through the sacrifice and the suffering. There's three types of suffering that we find Paul talked about one of them and it was a burden there's a suffering that you will go through in this world that's just a burden it's a burden of life we're here as a church and the Bible says bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ and that's what we're here to do to bear each other's burdens but it goes beyond that he said no man escape it lets us know that no man escapes burden because the Bible says that every man shall bear his own burden a burden has to do with the loads and the stresses and the, the, the pressures of life and I'm here to tell you, you cannot avoid them this suffering is simply a, because we live in a fallen world. Because sin has entered into the world, now there are thorns and thistles to deal with. Now there is death that comes and our bodies are breaking down and stresses come and it's just life. And I'm here to tell you, I'm not trying to make you feel bad or necessarily feel good right now. I just want to let you know that burdens are going to come and you're not going to avoid the burdens of this life. It is part of life. It's going to come. It's going to weigh down on you. But the best thing you can do is to get in the church and let somebody help you bear those burdens. The next type of suffering that Paul talks about is a thorn. And these thorns are given not so you can be hurt, but so that you can be better. It's the eagle that gets in the nest. And the Bible says she stirs the nest. What that eagle is doing is when that baby is born, she plucks from her her breast feathers and feeds the bottom of, of that nest so it's so soft uh, for those eggs and then for those little eaglets that are born there. But then when it's time for those eagles to begin to be born, uh, he, she begins to flap. Uh, and what that's doing is causing those feathers uh, to begin to go out of there. Now uh, the hard sticks and the, the thorns and the, 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 the briars uh, that, that are made up of that nest... Uh, this world uh, now that protection is gone and, and it begins to poke them and they roll over and like whoa that, that hurt a little bit and, oh man that, that that don't feel so good and, and what it does is it causes them to get out of the bottom of the nest uh, and get up on the edge uh, so now they can go off that edge uh, and learn to fly uh, it's a it's a thorn uh, it's a poke uh, trying to get you out of a comfortable place uh, not because they want worse for you uh, but they want better for you uh, they saying you can't stay in the nest uh, you've got to learn uh, to fly that's what happened with Paul. We're here in first, uh, 2 Corinthians 12 and 7. He says, Lest uh, I should be exalted above measure 
because of this abundance of revelations that I'm getting. He said, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. There is given to me because so I will not exalt myself above measure. There's a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it would depart from me. God, I don't want this in my life. Take it out. But God was saying, no, this particular issue is not to put you down. It's to help you so you don't get sidetracked and so you don't get messed up. There are thorns in your life that are there to help you. There are thorns in your life that are there to make you stronger on the other side. He said, for God said unto him in verse 9, I say unto you, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in mine infirmities that the power of Christ might rest upon me. If I'm going to get the power of Christ resting upon me, I have to be willing to go through the process. For when I'm weak, then am I strong. God keeps the hedge about us. There's no doubt about it. God didn't make any bones about it whenever whenever you find that, that Satan come before God and said, oh, here I am. Have you considered my servant Job? Uh, oh, yes. Uh, you've got a hedge about him. Uh, I can't do anything about it. Uh, you've got the down feathers uh, in the bottom of the nest. Uh, there's nothing going on. Uh, and God says, uh, as great as he is, uh, he could be better. Uh, I'll go ahead and remove that. Uh, go ahead, poke at him a little bit. What you're going to find uh, at the end of the story uh, is he's got more uh, than everything he he started with uh, because he was willing uh, to go through the process. The third symbol of suffering is really what I'm talking about. It is not something that is imposed upon us, but it is rather chosen. It is a chosen cross. Jesus said to the disciples, if any man. It's a decision. It's not set in stone. If you will, if you will make the decision, if a man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. The cross must be chosen by Christians. The cross is not forced upon you. A lot of people think it's a cross when they're just going through the burdens of life. A lot of people think it's a cross when it's just a thorn trying to get you somewhere else. But then there is something that you pick up yourself. Let him come. It's not posed upon me. Jesus said, no man takes my life. I willingly lay it down. It is decision of reaching for the power and the glory of God. The cross is something that you pick up and you choose. You choose to pick up a cross of separation of separation from the world, of separation from certain entertainments of this world, uh, of certain mindsets of this world. Uh, when you separate yourself, it is a cross uh, that you must pick up yourself. Uh, that's why I teach the Word of God. Uh, but I do not go around uh, and trying to make people do anything. Uh, that's not my job. Uh, my job is to present the cross. Uh, your job uh, is to pick up the cross. 
It is a cross of dedication. Dedication to God. Dedication to the church. Dedication to ministry. Dedication to a lost and a dying world. Nobody makes you do it, but you just make up in your mind, I'm going to out there. I'm going to make a difference in somebody's life. I'm going to pick someone up for Sunday school. I'm going to teach a Bible study on an off night. I'm going to go where the homeless are and give them something. I'm going to do I choose to pick up this cross. Jesus, help us. Many people want the glory, but few people want the sacrifice it takes to get it. Paul said, I, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. When you start talking about living a life of suffering, living a life of denying yourself to those that perish or to those that are lost, those that do not know Jesus, have not had a relationship, they look at it and they think that is so foolish uh, to even talk about picking up a cross uh, that's not yours to bear. Uh, they think, yeah, there's things in life that bear. Yes, there are. There are thorns in life, uh, some good, some bad. Yes, there are. Uh, why would you purposely pick up a cross? But to us that are saved, it is the power of God. For some, they think it's foolishness. For some, they think to talk about the cross, uh, to lift up the cross. Uh, it's just a silly thing to talk about. It's silly to take a Sunday morning uh, when nobody wants to hear about suffering uh, in a world. Uh, but see, I'm not talking about the burdens uh, of this world. Uh, that's what most of us are dealing with. Uh, or the thorns uh, that come in our life. Uh, that's what most of us are dealing with. Uh, I'm talking about a decision uh, that each and every one of us uh, must make uh, to take up a cross. Uh, I'm not talking about the imposed crosses. That's not your cross. Uh, that's life. That's not your cross. Your cross is something that you choose to pick up and say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I know things are going on in my life that I don't like, but here it is. I choose to pick up this cross and to carry it. There is a work to be done. There is lives to be changed. There is nothing wrong. There is nothing wrong with going through a sacrifice looking to the future. The glory of God that was in the Holy of Holies starts back here. But there's nothing wrong as long as you're willing to start here to be looking up there. Jesus said, the, the apostles of Jesus said, for the glory, excuse me, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. It's okay to be here and to look over there and say, I'm willing to go through this because there are miracles in my life I need to see happen. There are things that I'm reaching for, but the only way for me to get to it is to get to this altar of sacrifice can I ask you today, what cross are you picking up? Not what burdens you bear that life sets on you. That's not your cross. The cross is something that you look at and you make a decision. I'm picking this up. I'm separating myself from this world. I'm dedicating myself to the things of God. 
I'm tired of just living for myself. Because if you only carry your own burdens, you are going to be so weary. But whenever you pick up the cross and you begin to walk with Him, you find that He makes the burdens light. Yet for the joy that was set before Him, He endured the cross. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. See, it's what you look at as your cross, what your sacrifice may or may not be. You find Abraham, he was told of God, take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, take him to the mountain that I tell you, and offer him there a sacrifice. Abraham wakes up early in the morning, gets the wood, gets everything he needs for the fire, gets his son, and starts making the journey. He looks back at his servants and said, You stay here. I and the lad go yonder to worship. See, it's when your sacrifice is looked at as worship that it makes all the difference in the world. He was told to go up on the mountain and to sacrifice his own son, which God does not do. God has never approved of it, never happened in the Word of God where Jesus or God ever told anyone to do that. But he was checking out Abraham's faith. Are you willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice? Are you willing to go the extra mile? Are you willing to do whatever it takes to be where I want you to be? And there Abraham is, and he walks up. He lays his own son out. He lifts the knife up, and an angel catches his arm, and he says, no, don't do it. Now I know you will withhold nothing from me. What was happening? It was his attitude. He didn't wake up early in the morning and stay in his tent and say, oh, I dread this. I dread this sacrifice. He woke up early, the Bible says. He goes and gets everything ready. He goes up to the mountain. But his attitude was, I go to worship my God. It's when your sacrifice becomes worship in your eyes that great things begin to happen in your life. You've got to go beyond. Woe is me. I can't believe I've got to pick up this cross. You've got to get where Paul was. I gladly take up this cross because when I'm carrying this cross, the power of God is going to be with me on the other side of Calvary. When he came out of Mount Calvary, he went up under the burden. He went up under the sacrifice. He went up and everything was weighing down on him. Jesus himself had to have someone help him at one point carry that cross. But when he got done, all power in heaven and earth was in his hands. Stand with me. People want to experience Pentecost without first experiencing Calvary. And it will never happen. I knew preparing this sermon... That is something that people are just going to listen to and sit. I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, God, I need your help. I live in a wonderful nation. I have so many wonderful blessings in my life. The burdens, when God shared with me, the burdens are not your cross. 
Because really what I'm asking, thinking about, man, I don't have the burdens that this person have, and they don't have the burdens I have either. But that's life. The cross is something that I look at. And I say, listen, let's start from the beginning. I'm going to deny myself, my desires, my wants, how I think everything should be done. And I'm going to come to Jesus. I'm going to repent of my sins. I'm going to give my heart fully to God. I'm asking everyone just to stay right where you are for a moment. I read something years ago. It just came back to my mind right before I walked out here. It's a book I read. It's called The Five Love Languages. It's a great book. I encourage every married couple to read it at some point of your life. But he talks about the love languages. And he said, if you want to figure out what your spouse's love language is, watch how they show love to others. And however they show love is how they want to receive love. So if you're watching your spouse and she's always wanting to give a little something to her mom or dad or brother and sister or friend, you say, oh, that's her love language. She, she wants me to give her something. That's, that's, that's what stirs that in her or maybe you're looking and your spouse is always wanting to spend time with people and you realize quality time is really what it is i can give her a gift but that ain't going to do nothing i've got to find out how she shows love now i know how to give her love know how to give him love so it talks about how people show love is how they want to receive love and when you think about that and you realize the absolute truth of it and you look at jesus and you see very clearly what his love language is. And whatever the love language he speaks is, is the love language he receives. How did Jesus show love? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. When God said, let me show you love, it was a sacrifice. It was a sacrifice for him to come from the splendors of glory to walk down this earth and to be with us. It was a sacrifice for him while he had all power, but yet he's going through the motions of learning to walk and learning to get through this life. Uh, he had all power, yet he got hungry and he got thirsty and he got tired and he had to sleep. Uh, he had all power, but he suffered. No one could do anything to him in the splendors of glory. But here, his own family rejected him. His brothers would not follow him. Here, his disciples that he poured everything into at the moment he needed them the most, uh, they took off in fear, uh, running through the night. Uh, when everything around him, he was tempted at all points. He didn't have to do it. But he said, let me show you love. Let me not have it imposed upon me, but let me pick up this cross. I don't have to do it. It's my choice. He stands before the Sanhedrin and he stands before Pilate. And while they accuse him, he opens not his mouth. Because if he opened his mouth, 
There's no way they could have convicted him. So he had to keep his mouth shut. When they came and got him in the garden, all he said was, I am he. And they fell backwards to the ground. So there he stands with absolute silence as they accuse him. And no one agrees with what he did wrong. There is no two witnesses, which is required by law. There at least be two witnesses. But it wasn't there. But he still stood there thinking, if I could just get to that cross, I believe everything within me that Jesus was saying, just get me to the cross. When they took him to the whipping post and began to beat him, he said, I've got to make it through this whipping, even though it killed many men, because I've got to get to the cross. I choose the cross. No man takes my life. I willingly lay it down. And when he got that cross on his back and he began to walk to Golgotha, the place of the skull, there to be crucified, I believe he did everything in his power to make it to that cross. I believe he did everything inside of him. He was struggling. He was trying. He kept falling and getting up and trying again. Someone had to help him. He was doing everything he could. I love them so much. And if God would love us so much, what would happen today if you threw down your pride and you threw down whatever it is that's keeping you back and come to an altar with the same love that Jesus loved you with? I'll give everything. 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 Nobody moving. Everyone lift your hands and begin to pray, please. Talk to the Lord. I know this is an uncomfortable message. I know. Oh, God, I know. But God is calling some people. There are people you're carrying burdens. You bring it to Jesus, he'll help you carry them burdens. Some, you're being hit with thorns. Come to Jesus. He'll give you clarity on the thorns and you'll realize how they're helping you. Some of you are deciding whether or not you're going to take up the cross of salvation. Some are trying to decide whether or not they're going to take up the cross to follow him again. Right now, in the name of Jesus, if it's appropriate, will you please pray with the person beside you? Begin to talk to the Lord. Begin to talk to the Lord. That's it right there. Come on, this ain't the time to just walk around. This is the time to tune in to what the Spirit is saying to you. My call is a call to pick up a cross today. To say, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'm willing to do it. You were willing to go the ultimate distance for me. You were willing to go the ultimate distance for me. Jesus. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Come on, let's talk to the Lord today. Come on, how far will you go for Jesus? He sacrificed the ultimate for you. 
don't wait for it to be imposed upon you. That's not the cross. The cross is something that you decide I'm going to pick up. It's been too long since I felt the weight on my shoulder. God, I'm coming after you. Because the only way to get to the glory at the end is to be willing to go through the cross today. Right now, I ask you to ask someone around you if they'd like to come and pray. This is not an easy walk because you're not going down just to get a miracle. You're going down to give, not to receive. You're going down there to pick up something and say, God, whatever it takes. Some of you will start and you're going to lay down burdens and God is going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Some you got, you need to repent of some things. You're going to come and God is going to forgive you and you're going to take up a cross and say, I'm going to serve you every day. Invite someone to come with you as you come. church I invite you to come behind some of these and let's pray from the front to the back I invite you to come help somebody pray help someone carry a cross like Simon help Jesus help somebody take an extra step come on life happens burdens happen thorns happen but crosses don't happen crosses are something that you choose burdens are opposed upon you and thorns come out of nowhere sometimes but crosses are picked up (laughs) that's it from the front to the back now let's pray ushers up there on the balcony just talk to the Lord come on no one's going to make you do anything no one can it's your decision come on there's some people that you need to pick up a cross of a lost soul Uh, you need to pick up a cross of a Bible study you need to pick up a cross uh, of helping somebody you need to pick up a cross uh, of ministering to somebody in the name of Jesus I know this is not an easy prayer to pray I know this is not a simple thing but if you'll just forget about who's around you and begin to say Jesus reveal it to me I'll pick it up God show it to me Show it to me, Lord. That's it. That's the Holy Ghost right there. God, here I am. God, here I am. Jesus, here I am today. Oh, that's it. That's it. That's it in the name of Jesus. I know it's not an easy prayer to pray. That's why pastors don't preach about it anymore. People don't want to hear it. But if you're willing to go through the process, if you're willing to go through the sacrifice, there's a glory cloud waiting on you. The Shekinah glory of God is waiting on you. Those that are willing to go through the process. That's it. Talk to the Lord for the joy that's set before you. That's it. Ministers begin to move and pray. 
altar workers begin to obey God. That's the Holy Ghost, ma'am. That's the Spirit of God touching you. Just open up to him. Here I am, Jesus. I don't understand everything, but one thing as I know is I need you. I need your hand touching me. I pray that the mercies of God will be in this place today. Oh, there's a sweetness in this place. Come on, it's not easy to pick up the cross. It's a decision that you've got to make. God, whatever you want me to do, show it to me. I'm going to pick it up. Whatever it is I need to give away, whatever it is I need to let go of, whatever it is I need to separate myself from, show it to me. In the name of Jesus, that's a cross you pick up. Go ahead, find someone else to pray with. Put your hand on that person beside you and pray with them. Bear ye one another's burdens. There's some people with burdens they just need someone to help them with. There's somebody with a thorn. They just need somebody to help them a little bit. Somebody. Come on, you've got to get out of the attitude, what's in it for me? Come on, somebody. I regret that I only have but one life to give to Jesus Christ. Oh, here it is. Here's my wants and my desires. I give them to you. It's not about me, Lord. It's about you. That's it right there. That's the Holy Ghost. That's it. I see people praying good all the way in the back. That's it. I see the Holy Ghost flowing. Obey God. Obey God wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Come on, take up your cross today. Take up your cross today. Jesus. Come on, that's it. Keep praying. Come on, just keep praying today. We're going to take a couple of minutes. We can do that. All is what you ask of me. I will not withhold. And if my sacrifice is and giving you my very best Help me remember Calvary's cross And be willing to say yes I will give you all Just talk to him I will give Right where you are all. Just close your eyes and just begin Love to say Jesus Jesus help me Jesus, help me to change. Help me, help me. I need your help. Come on, right where you are, just begin about who's around you. Just begin to say, Jesus, here I am. Jesus, here I am. Help me 
together the power of the church the power of the cross there is no cross nothing else matters without the cross you don't get to the resurrection but it's important that you don't live there you need to get to the resurrection you need to repent. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. You need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. The plan of salvation. And I, I talk about it often. But I, I want this to settle in. And I know this isn't just, just a happy skip around message. I, I wish I would have had a happy skip around message today. But your burdens are not your crosses. I'm sorry. Your thorns are not your crosses. Those are things that are imposed upon you. Your crosses are things that you pick up. And you say, 
I'm going to separate myself from these things. Now it becomes your cross. I'm going to dedicate myself to these things. Now it becomes your cross. Sometimes we live under burdens and we think, man, I'm carrying so many crosses. And it's just based on decisions we made. It's just based on life. A cross is a purposeful thing that we pick up and we say, I'm going to give my life to Jesus Christ. One more time before you go back to your seat. Lord, I pray for each and every one of us here today. God, there's a surrealness. There's just a realness in the atmosphere. God, I, I, I realize it, it's different, but it's what you're trying to wake us up. I don't know what we may or may not go through before you come back. I know there are Christians overseas that are going through a whole lot more than we're going through. I don't know what we may or may not face in America, but whatever it is, let us be willing to take up the cross and to follow you every day. Let us be willing. Let us be willing. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Why don't you greet a few people on your way back to your seat. If you're seated there, you can turn to someone. Let them know you love them. You care about them. The children are coming in.